to episode two of the Desiree's Prime Show. I'm whispering because Wolf shit himself when I shouted last time. That's because it was fucking loud. Should we do that properly now? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode two of the Desiree's Prime podcast. I'm here with my friend Wolf, otherwise known as Scorn. Um, today we are going to talk about wrestling. Yes. You're going to say hello? Bonjour. Bonjour. Fine, say bonjour. 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 Ah. Yes. He's not French. No. <clears throat> Scottish. Now, we're going to um, today talk about, just to start things off, we're going to talk about when we became wrestling fans and what made us become wrestling fans. And, well, we're both over 30, so we've got a lot of years experience being fans of this business to quote Triple H yeah not sports entertainment yes wrestling 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 yeah but yeah so we are going to discuss when we became fans what made us become fans we'll be discussing our favourite obscure wrestlers later um bringing back a segment from an old um podcast I used to be a part of, What Gets On My Tits, but we're going to be doubling up on that. And then Double the titties! Two tits, oh, yes. as it should be, unless you're Peggy Mitchell. Yeah. And then we're going to... Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to end with a quiz. So, Wilf. Hello. When was it you became a wrestling fan, and what got you into the wrestling? It's got to be 84, 85. Sat there one Saturday afternoon. My old man's put telly on. It was like, I'm bored out of my face. And he's like, oh, watch this. Puts ITV on. When it was only one channel back then. One ITV. And you like, still have BBC back? Yeah, you had four channels altogether. There might have been three then, actually. <clears throat> it was yeah no channel 4 anyway wrestling yeah wrestling <laughs> not telly but telly <coughs> wrestling on telly um, yeah and it was WWF and it was Saturday something or other well, they only had the one show then it weren't even main event status um, I'm pretty sure the first match I've seen Dino Bravo can't remember who the hell we got. I think he might have been going up against Greg the Hammer Valentine around about then. About 84, 85 ish. It's got to be in 85 because. I think Valentine would have been NWA at that point because he won a few NWA tag team titles with Ric Flair. Yeah. But and I think Dino Bravo fought Greg Valentine at the 1990 Royal Rumble. Let me just check. Yeah. Research. Yeah. Now I'm confused. Yeah. No, Ronnie Garvin was Greg Valentine at the Rumble. Bravo was in the Rumble, that's what I was getting. All discombobulated. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah. Um, yeah, Bravo would have been around at that time, but I think Valentine was WCW. No. No? Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, oh yeah, professional wrestling. He was. 
Mid-Atlantic till 78. WrestleMania 2, he was tag team champions of Brutus Beefcake. Pre-Barber, they lost him to the British Bulldogs at WrestleMania 2. So yeah, he would have been around that time. Yeah, because he went to WWWF, which would later become WWE. Yeah. Uh, he was only there for a year, then went back to Mid-Atlantic. <clears throat> and then came back 81-82. Then obviously, it turned into Federation. Yeah. 84, 85, so yeah, it would have been Dino Bravo. But yeah, so like that. And then, um, I think it was just the flamboyancy of it all. Because I was used to British wrestling. Mm. You know, Big Daddy, Giant A-Stacks. Kendo Nagasaki. Yeah. Um, it was like, what's this? You know, you didn't see two fat blokes be throwing each other up in the air and shit, did you? No. <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, it's the drama of it all. It was more of a storyline, even back then, when Vince didn't have his fingers in the pot. Well, technically he did, but he wasn't so possessive. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's like around about 85, got to be 85 for the Dino Bravo. First main event I watched, WrestleMania 3. Obviously, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, quality match. Savage and Steamboat. Yeah, hell of a match that one. Mm. You're lucky if you see half of that today. <coughs> oh, yeah. Other than that, that's about it, really. Seems to be fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for me, it was um, back 1990. Um, it's kind of fitting, really, considering there's five years between us. Mm. Um, so we both kind of got our first exposure at like the same age. Uh, mine was the 1990 Royal Rumble from the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida. Funny that. Been in Orlando, in Orlando, Florida. Mm. At the Orlando <clears throat> Arena. Yeah, I know. Mm. And a few things stick out for that for me. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, I had previously, I was aware of the WWF before the Royal Rumble. It, um, there was a lad at school who was in my class and he had the little Hasbro figures that had all the little weird gimmicks with the punchy arms and the clotheslines and shit um, that Mattel have done modernised versions of the current roster and shit. Um, he had Hulk Hogan. Um, it was the Gorilla Press Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I'm actually doing the arm motions because I'm a knob. And um, he had the mint green suited million dollar man Ted DiBiase. Because even when it came to the World Wrestling Federation, Hasbro were trying to fucking puke out as many repaints as possible. But yeah, so that, that lad that I went to school with, Robert, he um, kind of got me into it. I got into it through the toys. Um, much like any kid would get into something probably back then. It was either that way or the other, there was no real in between. Um, Royal Rumble, you had Tony Schiavone and uh, Jesse Ventura on commentary, um, which, you know, Tony Schiavone is mainly known for WCW, but back then he did WWF, and I remember um, Jesse Ventura giving Schiavone a pair of Mickey Mouse ears. Um, it was just the charisma and the atmosphere of the whole thing. Mm. 
and you're watching this event and it's got that thing that they had back in the early days of the Rumble where it'd like the name photo of them would come on the screen and you'd have the voice and it'd be like Hulk Hogan the ultimate warrior and it'd go through all fucking 30 of these people and then you'd go to the event and it was just and also keep in mind and this will probably apply to you as well this was before all the flamboyant entrances mm-hmm. and all the en- this was like very few wrestlers had entrance music back then and so you'd have Greg Valentine come out with no music or you know there was no music in the rumble no. except for the first mm-hmm. two entrances I don't even Ted DiBiase was number one I remember Oakland was interviewing him backstage like, oh, you got number one. This is the worst number of the lot. Yeah, no shit. But, um, yeah, so we didn't have an entrance music. And anyone that came after didn't have entrance music. So it's like really like a case of sometimes you don't even have to look at the screen to know who's coming out next. Yeah. But back then you had to be giving it pretty much your undivided. Mm. And that just set me off. And... Yeah, that was my first um, wrestling event that I watched. <clears throat> and it was a fucking cracker, full of like bright, colourful personalities and the promos backstage and you had Mean Gene and fucking Sean Mooney, you know, Finkel's voice, the, you know, the, he was the ring announcer back then. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be, he's, still hasn't been replaced I don't think no I don't think anyone can come close no the closest I'd argue would be Justin Roberts he was a good announcer the way um, announced The Undertaker yeah and things like that Um, I mean Lillian Garcia was okay but they never got a right in the games no no Um, same with Jojo yeah no well, like the inflections are all wrong on Garcia, but that's that's not a discussion for now. Yeah. We're not talking about audio recording for the um, 2K games. But yeah, um, obviously Royal Rumble 1990, and then you know, what followed after WrestleMania 6 in the Skydome in Toronto, the first WrestleMania outside the US, and Hogan versus Warrior. And it was... Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to go back and watch older shows because wrestling's changed so much over the years and I mean you go back and watch an Attitude Era match and you'll watch a present day match and you'll watch a match from like 1990 and they'll all be just three different beasts altogether and it's just astounding how much the business has changed. I'm not going to say how far it's progressed because there has been progression but there's also been some regression as well I believe. Things certain things aren't as good as they used to be but yeah, it's it's shocks me how different the business is compared to what it was back then because back then it was wrestling today it's like you said earlier sports entertainment yeah it's all just showmanship now mm. <clears throat> so they're not bothered about storylines it's more about oh just see what you can do in the ring yeah 
And even if you had a fantastic match, you could go backstage and Vince would call your wankings out of shit. Yep. And it's like, the fans would be like, yay, fucking yay. Look at Kevin Owen and Chris Jericho. Yeah. You know, gone backstage and Vince turned around and said, that's not what we're looking for. No. Yeah, it was a fucking cracking match. And Vince like, no, shit. Oh, fuck you, you fucking wrinkly old twat. <laughs> oh, I can't stand the twat. I like saying twat a lot, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not the only one. <clears throat> so, um, let's move on, shall we? Part two. Part two. So I've got this down in my notes as... We'll go with this. Well, before we get into this <clears throat> bit, we'll, some of your favourite wrestlers outright from that era when you was a child. Oh, Christ. See, I like Sergeant Slaughter, but I hated when he turned, mm. you know, and he became fucking allies with fucking the Iron Sheik and shit like that. That whole General story was Adnan. just a mess, though. Oh, that was just... Just trying to cash in on the Gulf War. Well, yeah. So... <laughs> Victor cash in on anything. I don't think anybody liked that. No. <laughs> to I, be honest, sir. It's like, I like Sergeant Slaughter. He chinned in the edit, but I liked him. It was in G.I. Joe as well. Yeah. In the cartoon. Which I found amazing. Um, anyone else? Obvious warrior. Warrior. It, I, I was a fan of the Heart Foundation. But I was more of a fan of the Anvil. Okay. And not Hitman. Mm. I couldn't stand Bret Hart. Thought he was just a pompous twat. Obviously, back then I didn't know what pompous was. I'd have been about seven or eight. Did you know what a twat was back then? Not really. Right. Uh, yeah. But no, it was Jim the Anvil Nidart, big fella, big ginger beard, come to a point, and it's just like. That's why I keep stroking my beard now, because I do the same as what he does. Although I'm not quite as big as him, but I'm getting there, belly-wise. <coughs> but yeah, um, who else? And yeah, Night Art was very underrated. Oh, wow. I mean, it's hard to use the term underrated when they're going in the Hall of Fame this year. Um and he was, you know, tag team champions, mm. one of the best tag teams back then. But in terms of when you look at the individual careers of Brett and Jim, it's kind of like he maybe could have had. I'd have put the IC belt on him. Yeah, easy. Don't know about the world title. I mean, there's part of me that thinks maybe he could, but it's the same with the Rockers, Marty Genetic. He was better than Shawn Michaels, in my opinion. Shawn Michaels had more of a charisma about him, mm. but he wasn't a good wrestler. Yeah, Shawn was more of a refined character <laughs> than Janae. Well, you can polish a turd, but it's still a turd. <clears throat> right. um, who else? Oh, it's a Legion of Doom. Mm. Sorry, Road Warriors for somebody. Um, and not the one with hiding like yeah fucking weird uh, mm. 
Oh, you've got me thinking now. <laughs> it's going to take a while. <coughs> well, um, mine back when I started, um, when I first started watching it, was Hulk Hogan. Mm. Fucking. It didn't last long. <clears throat> didn't last long because then, you know. His outfits were too yellow. No. <laughs> Told you to drink your milk that often, you wanted to. That was Mr. T, you dickhead. No, he told you to fucking drink milk, stay in vitamins. Stay in vitamins? <laughs> stay in vitamins and eat your school. I don't know who the fuck <laughs> you were watching. I don't know. This fucking monster. <sighs> Obviously, Hulk Hogan was like, he was the biggest star back then. And he, whatever you think about it, the guy deserves his due for propelling wrestling to what it is today for his part in that. And, you know, he wasn't, he was, when I first watched it, I was like, he was doing the whole fucking hand to his ear thing and that, and my brother was a toddler at that point, and I'd sit him on my lap and I'd make him do it with a little baby arm and shit, yeah, um, but that all changed in November 1990, with the debut of a certain dead man. Oh, he did. Mm. <clears throat> and obviously, he, I didn't become immediate because my access to wrestling was limited in terms of watching it because it wasn't on ITV at that point. No. By the 90s. And so I had to rely on grandma taping it or something like that, hoping I could get my fix so I was a bit behind on stuff um, so I didn't watch Survivor Series 1990 when The Undertaker debuted I caught that later but when I became aware of The Undertaker fuck me he just had that fucking presence about him and the fact that he's been going in the WWE for the last 29 years mm-hmm. or 28 years if you want to be technical well yeah and he's still as popular as ever. And it's just a testament not only to the character, but the man as well. And it all started back then. Well, yeah. He made me believe he was fucking dead. That makeup was scary, though. Mm. Purple yeah. eyes. Yeah. Paler than me. And I'm pale. Not Eve getting like the <laughs> ginger hair and the beard. He looked more Scottish than you. Yeah, which is quite scary. <laughs> yeah, McCundy. McCundy Taker. Yeah, obviously the that's a, the Undertaker was my de facto favourite from that point. Um, there was a lot of other ones that I liked from back then as well. Um, obviously Randy Savage. Yes. Um, oh yeah. The Warrior as well. Um, I was aware of Sting, and I kind of liked Sting back then. I liked him a lot more when he became Crow Sting. Um, but Surface Sting was still awesome. Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of the more well-known ones before we go into the obscure territory so I don't list off all of them. Um, Big Boss Man. Yep. Big Boss Man. Mr. Perfect. So I weren't really a fan of Perfect. I didn't like him, but I wasn't supposed to. 
No. I liked him as I got older and I could appreciate his talent. Yeah. But <clears throat> as a marky kid watching it and I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to like that guy. Yeah. I don't like him. He's a no, fuck off. Mm. For me, it was Brett over Jim. I mean, I do agree Jim was underrated, but I feel like I liked Brett more. Because yeah. <clears throat> for me, it was like, and this goes like into my like young adulthood as well, back when I was training to be a wrestler. Um, I was never going to be the big powerhouse. Because well, no, I'm not. a height. I'm, you're like four foot three. I'm five seven. <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> Weighs about 20 pounds. Wet through. Uh, <laughs> not far off that. <laughs> no, I'm about 135, I think, now. But I was never going to be a powerhouse wrestler or a big wrestler. And as an Undertaker Kane fan, I knew I had to figure something else out. Oh, yeah. And for me, I, I didn't really... I've never really been one for the high flyers. But I am a fan of technical wrestling. And that's probably why Brett was my um, favourite out of the Heart Foundation. It's why I like Shelton Benjamin, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles can do both, Daniel Bryan can do both. I appreciate technical wrestlers and the smaller wrestlers. I want to say Daniel Bryan be a high flyer. He did the goat thing for ages, didn't he? He just jumped off the top row. Well, I'm talking mainly technical. He can, yeah, he can do both. He can yeah. do both. He's not as well known for his high flying, but he is known for his technical prowess. Um, and so I tended to gravitate more towards um, technical wrestlers. And I also tended to gravitate more towards underdog wrestlers. Even as a kid. Because, you know, I was never a big... Like I said, I'm short and I'm light. I was never, like, the big towering guy. I was always kind of the underdog myself through life. And so, yeah, for me it was like Bret Hart, uh, Mr. Perfect. Uh, mostly Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat, The Warrior. Jake Snake. Yeah. It was one that I... um Enjoyed as well. Damien. Yep. Lucifer. British Bulldogs. Yeah. Yep. And Dave Royce, man. Yep. And the other one. Dynamite Kid. That's the one. <laughs> There's always one you can't remember. Yep. He died recently, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I think so. Fuck's oh, sake. Yep. That Aaron Ramsey curse again. <sighs> so, um,. Now we can move on to the subject I've wrote down. Your favourite obscure wrestlers from that time? The ones that... You know, you've got your Bret Hart's and your Undertaker's and your Hogan's and the Warriors that are all Hall of Famers or soon-to-be Hall of Famers. The ones that are the obvious choices for that thing, mm. for that particular category. What about some of the more obscure ones? Berserker. Hoss. <laughs> Hoss. Yeah. Warlord. Warlord. He did look badass. Oh, well. Couldn't wrestle for shit. <laughs> Christ. He was like a male version of Natalia. Sorry, but she can't wrestle. <clears throat> but anyway. Um, Hillbilly Jim. See, that's something we could have had a debate on Natalia. So I think she can wrestle. Nah. We'll get her out of that one. 
Um, so that next week. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just I'm sorting well, that. out next week's podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. um, oh, who else? Did you do? Shut up. Not uh, eating. Carry on. Oh, yeah. It said Coco could be word, didn't you? That was it. Not Coke to step beware. on your toes. Yeah. Coco could be where? Uh, junkyard dog. Okay. Get out. Next week. Um, we'll see. We'll know what's on about. Next week. <laughs> Next week. Okay, <laughs> now. Um, oh, that was, see, I was a fan of Dino Bravo. I don't know why. I really don't. Well, that's why it's your favourite obscure ones. It's like, why are you a fan of that guy? Yeah. It's like Hillbilly Jim. He was a big, tall dude with a cat, like, floppy cowboy hat type mm, thing. Dungarees. Yeah. And his shoulders were massive. Mm. And they were huge. They were bigger than fucking British Bulldogs. Don't care what anyone says. <clears throat> he just looked intimidating. But yet, he was funny. Yeah. Um, it's like Junkyard Dog had come out with his big chain round his yeah. fucking neck. Just like... <coughs> yep. Alright then, fella. You calm yourself. Um... This is where my mind goes blank because it's like 30 plus years ago. Yeah. See, I'm the one with the memory retention, so I remember a lot more of this shit. I used to. Yeah. <clears throat> For me, there's all those ones you mentioned. Coco, the way you mentioned him, didn't you? Well, you mentioned him for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not so good with memory retention all the time. <laughs> I wonder what I can do. But. There we are. Wilk. Next Wilk. It's a round cake. Right, yeah. <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake. He was one of my favourites. He, again, I don't know why. He got on my tits. I can enjoy him. And when he teamed up with Hulk Hogan in 93, that was like, that was the best fucking day ever for me. Is that WrestleMania at Caesar's Palace? Yeah. Yeah. You sure Michael's coming down on the fucking... No. Caesar's Palace was outside. How's he going to do that? Well, you can fucking tie it up to one... That was WrestleMania 12. I said... Anaheim Pond. I don't fucking... WrestleMania 9. Sure there was one at Caesar's Palace. Yeah, that was WrestleMania 9. Oh, I don't fucking... He walked to the ring. No, there was... He had Luna Vachon... For the Intercontinental title match against Tatanka, another very good obscure wrestler. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, what's the one way fucking come down? Is it WrestleMania it Twelve at Anaheim? I just said but it that. was outside. No, it wasn't. The one that I'm thinking of was no, because he only did it once. Oh, I don't fucking know. Anymore. See, I've got a membership. Fucking <laughs> hell. There's your debate for this week. Yeah, What WrestleMania did Shawn Michaels zip line down to the ring on? All of them. No, it didn't. <laughs> Unless you played Here Comes the Pain and took yes. that entrance every time. Yes. I did it once with The Undertaker. Okay. So it was round about that WrestleMania 19 arena and it's like Coach comes up like, oh, I've got a special entrance for you. And I'm thinking, well, it's The Undertaker. What if it's like rolling? Like you've got like limp Fred Durst and that playing it because he was in Just Bring It. And no, just fucking Undertaker doing the whole Shawn Michaels thing down. He was good once. Anyway, Brutus Beefcake. I, I don't know what it was. He was one of the few that had like regular entrance music at that time as well. And it was just fucking 
the way he dressed with like the shredded fucking jacket and the weird tights and the fucking mullet. Yeah, and the gloves with the tassels. Yeah, and I used to really like those gloves. And I once um, asked my mum if she could spend my pocket money on a pair of marigolds, <laughs> like the rubber washing up gloves, and I cut the fingertips off just so I could be Brutus Beefcake. I was shit cosplaying, but I was <laughs> seven years old. <laughs> um, obviously, the garden shears as well. And that's like, what the fuck are you doing with them? Well, yeah, that's one big ass pair of scissors. Mm. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, Hulk and then he's, and he's teaming up with Hulk Hogan, and it's like, because, you know, he'd had the parasailing accident that where he wrecked his face. And, yeah, it was always one that I kind of gravitated towards. I don't know why. And it's funny because they go back to WrestleMania 2 when he, him and Greg Valentine lost the tag title to the Bulldogs. Mm. All the sticker books I got, like the Merlin and Panini wrestling sticker books, and it had like your titles held, and it would say none as of press time if you hadn't held the title. Yeah. And for Beefcake, it always said none as of press time, even though he'd been a tag team champion, but it was pre-Barber. Yeah. But he was still known as Beef, Brutus Beefcake. So, yeah. And that always confused me. We had Tatanka. Yeah. He was a good one. I Texas liked him. Tornado. He was, um... He wasn't really obscure. No. Kerry Von Eric, for fuck's sake. Yeah. But as <laughs> Texas Tornado, he, he had a decent run, mm. but, you know, cut short, unfortunately. Yeah. He had to tanker when he went undefeated. Oh, I nearly said so was his leg, but I thought, best oh, not. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. To tanker had that, like, two-year undefeated streak. And I was fucking gutted when I found out Ludwig Borger had beaten I read it in a magazine. He was supposed to, I think, face Borger in a rematch at the Royal Rumble in 94. Because when he lost that match, he got rid of the red mohawk, red strip. Yeah. He went back to dark hair. And he's yeah. Still wrestling. I think he is. He was on SmackDown a few years ago, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, he was like, supposed to, I think. Rumble 94 he was supposed to face Borger in a rematch but for some reason Borger wasn't there and he faced Bam Bam Bigelow and won that and I was really pissed off because I didn't get to see Tatanka beat Ludwig Borger hmm. um, silly little things like that as a kid that you know fucking have an effect on you yeah it was like see I can't even remember any memorable matches for Berserker or Warlock at Warlord even because it was shit I think Warlord because he was most most of his time didn't he in the Powers of Pain yeah with Barbarian and Mr. Fuji mm. I think Warlord fought British Bulldog at Wrestlemania 8 and Bulldog powered out of the full Nelson but that match wasn't on the videotape wankers it said at the end of the thing, it was like, due to circumstances beyond our control, we were unable to show the British Bulldog Warlord match. Someone forgot to press record. Mm. <clears throat> the videotapes were a funny thing as well. I remember um, we used to have them at the local video shop, yeah. rental, and there was like the first three WrestleManias, I believe. Excuse me. And 
kept trying to nag my mum to rent them out for me and that. She's like, oh, well, if you want to watch Wrestle, you've got to earn it. Sorry, mum, where's the mania? <laughs> if you want to watch Wrestle, what about the rest of it? You're going to buy me a Hulker t-shirt as well? <laughs> Get that new Peter Andre song on CD, Ince. I want to be ultimate. Not a warrior, just ultimate. Yeah. Well, uh, love you, mum. Ta-ta. Well, apparently they fucking changed my Safarali to just Ali now. I know. Right, yeah, it's all mine. So I'm, I'm surprised Vince didn't listen to my mum and just rename WrestleMania Wrestle. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> do you remember those tapes? Yeah. And Mate of mine had hundreds of them. The best way to tell if it was genuine or not was the blue strip at the top. Yeah. Mm. It was weird days. I hated the WrestleMania 9 video case because it was the first one that didn't have the purple lightning border. And I was like, well, that just fucking looks garish as fuck. Yeah. See, I, I can't remember that one. Because it was, it, it was the first manual one to not have the purple. So remember the other ones? They all had the lightning. Yeah. With the purple um, border. WrestleMania 9's video case didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, because a mate of mine, he had fucking hundreds of them. Yeah, I... Um, so every time one come out, it was like, yeah, I'm having that one. I'm having I that think one. I've still got, a, I think I've still got Smack and Whack em on videotape. What's your main email? It wasn't like that, though. Coliseum video, Silver Vision, but they're not the original box art. Mm. Yeah, Smack and Whack em, that was like the first, yeah, that's the one. Uh, it's um, the first ladder match in WWF. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. So the first one was in Razor Ramon? No, that was the first one at Mania. Uh, this one was recorded back when Bret was IC champion. See, I don't know much yet. There was like this little feature on Bret Hart. You had like this thing where I think Gene Oakland was sat with Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna. And Yoko was fucking putting food down like you wouldn't believe. He had some home improvement shit with the Bushwhackers and Alfred Hayes. That was quite amusing. And you had got this little feature on Bret Hart. It showed that ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Also had his um, world title victory over Ric Flair from Saskatoon <coughs> back in 92 as well. Saskatoon, Canada. Sounded more so. Yep. 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 Yeah, we kind of went off on a little tangent there, didn't we? Mm. Yeah, videotapes. That was... Quite strange for back in the day, with the blue lifekin bars at the top and shit. Well, oh, yeah, it's, uh, they didn't all put out some strange stuff. Yeah, proper strange stuff. Mm-hmm. Just to bring in some money. But there wasn't as much TV exposure back then, well, so no. they could get away with it. Like fucking <laughs> Saturday night's main events and fucking. Manchester Madness and shit like that you can get away with putting that out on tape if it wasn't I mean I may I probably made up Manchester Madness but stuff like that UK Rampage that's what I'm thinking of UK Rampage they did a little tour around England and Scotland and that and then they cherry pick the best bits and put it on a video I vaguely remember it mm. Wrestlefest no Mm, that was one as well. 
think Earthquake was on the cover of one of them. I think you had Bret, oh no, Shawn Michaels versus Randy Savage for the WWF title. This was just after Mania 8. And Savage was selling the knee and again, Shawn Michaels was being, you know, freshly heel Shawn Michaels at the time. It's pretty good. Shall we move on? I think we're best. Yeah, before we go on to anything else. I need a piss. Right. We'll have a quick pause. Yes, um, we will be right back after this advertisement. Listen to this. Okay, so we've had our little break. Um, we are back, and we are going to move on to our next segment, which is something I used to do in an old podcast. Tits. Well, it's what gets on my tits, where I'll talk about something that annoys me about wrestling. The thing is, back in the day, I used to do it on my own. It was like my own little segment. Today, I'm going to share it with Wilf, and we are going to both talk about what gets on our tits. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I'll start, because yours kind of ties into mine. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what gets on my tits is these recent NXT call-ups. And not the fact that they've been called up. Well, it is kind of the fact that they've been called up. But the problem with the way they've been called up is... There are conflicting reports about why. Um, then you, there's been reports going around that Vince did it as a fuck you to Triple H. Yeah. There are also reports going around that Vince did it because he looks at his main roster and sees no stars. Now, my problem isn't with Ricochet, Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa's out now. Yeah. For a long time with yeah, a neck injury. Surgery. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> best wishes to Tommaso Ciampa in that regard. They're all very talented. They all deserve main roster spots. But they're better suited to NXT because NXT knows what to do with them. Triple H knows what yeah. to do with them. Triple H knows what to do with them. <clears throat> um, Alistair Black's the best example of this. I'm a big Alistair Black fan. I just like his character. I like the subtlety of it and the realism of it without it being supernatural hokey shit. Don't get me wrong, I love that. Like I said, The Undertaker's my fucking favourite, followed by Kane. So, I, I dig the supernatural elements and stuff like that, but Alistair Black does that dark, sinister character, and he's only six foot one, 219 pounds or something. Really? He's not a very big guy, no. I thought he was about six four. No, he's six one. Something big. Hmm. <laughs> but he pulls it off. Because in a roster with people like Champa, Gargano, Ricochet, he looks bigger. Mm. Um, the problem is, and this, there's been fucking enough proof about this, is Alistair Black is a character that needs to be written or booked by someone who understands him. And there isn't anybody on the main roster that, in terms of the booking team, that gets it. No. We've seen that with the commentary. Oh, Alistair Black is, he's, he's moody. Oh, he looks so depressed. Yeah, he, he fights for the oppressed and all that shit. And what are they talking about? That's not what Alistair Black's about. It's not a fucking emo. No. That's what they've made him. They've made Alistair, main roster of Alistair Black is an emo. That's what they've done to him. And putting him in a tag team with Ricochet as well, that's just... It's 
I thought it was a bit odd. Hmm. You know. I mean, it's working, surprisingly. Yeah. But... But it seems a mismatch. Yeah. But then again, Kane and RVD. Kane and the fucking Hurricane. Kane and X-Pac. You can have mismatched tag teams that succeed. Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Kane and Daniel Bryan. Kane and pretty much anybody that isn't The Undertaker. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mismatched tag teams can work. It's just... Um, it's how they try to write it. Yeah. They, they just haven't got a clue. It's like he's not a Undertaker Kane type. No. Or the Ascension type. No. Don't get me started on the oh, Ascension. That's a debate for, a, yeah, it's a, for another week time after now. next. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's... There's no supernatural phenomena no. about him. His dad was a cultist. Yeah. That's you know, where he draws that from. That's a lot of weed smoking in Amsterdam, that is. But anyway, um, yeah, but to have to have him as a, like a cult-type figure, yeah. Yeah. But to have him as like an Undertaker, Kane, Supernatural, I'm just a bit fucking sad. No. That's not how he is. Well, to be fair, they haven't done the supernatural elements. But they have got the whole I cry myself to sleep every night kind of shit going on. I mean, it doesn't really... He doesn't portray it like that himself. Mm-hmm. He's still the same kick-ass fucking devil's envoy that we see on the NXT. It's just the way the commentary team describes him. And they're just doing it all wrong. And... The thing that gets me is, if we go with the, um, Vince called them up to say fuck you to Triple H, why would he do that? NXT is the future, they're the breeding ground. I reckon it's because NXT wasn't Vince's idea, and it's getting over more than fucking Raw and SmackDown. NXT's been more over for ages. Exactly. Especially and Raw. that's why he's getting fucked off about it. Hmm. But he can't do that. He's got to realise that's a fucking... Considering the authority hedge their thing on what's best for business, he really isn't doing a very good job of that. Um, if we're going to go with the rumour that he did it because he looks at his roster and sees no stars, then that's his own fucking fault. That is the fault of nobody but Vince McMahon and WWE Creative. Because there are stars there. Yeah, that's his own opinion. Hmm. <clears throat> Fucking Finn Balor. AJ Styles. Yeah. Well, AJ has had two decent world title reigns. But if you look at Finn Balor... But he's a fucking star. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so there are stars (coughs) on there. But if we go back to Finn Balor a sec, Mm -hmm. fucking founder of the Bullet Club, for fuck's sake, one of the best junior heavyweights ever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were high on him when he first got called up. He had the longest, I believe, NXT title reign. Yep. Um, great character, especially the demon, which again, he doesn't do supernaturally. With Finn Balor, the demon psychological. Yeah. Which I reckon Vince is fucking wrong, just using it for special occasions. I get using it for special occasions. But you've not seen it in nearly a year. No, because he more. apparently doesn't want the demon to lose. <clears throat> but he doesn't want Balor to win, so he stops him using the demon so he doesn't have to have the demon lose. But fucking Balor is a prime example of 
a star that's not a star is probably the best way to describe it. He should be. He's a star that should be a bigger star. Yeah. It's not what CM Punk said about Vince. Vince is a millionaire who should be a billionaire. Balor's a star that should be a superstar. And that's through no fault of his own. No. Uh, The same could be said about fucking Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Basically, anybody from NXT that isn't Seth Rollins. Or Roman Reigns. Hmm. Samoa Joe. He's the same. Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Bobby Roode. Absolutely rude, Bobby Roode. Mm. Absolutely rude. I'm not the biggest Nakamura fan, but I appreciate his talent. Um, fucking Rusev. Yeah. Yeah. All these guys could be stars. They should be stars. And the only fault, the only one at fault for them not being stars is Vince and Creative. It's nothing. The fucking... Those guys have busted their asses. Rusev got... He added another fucking day to the calendar. Rusev day. He replaced every day with Rusev day. Yep. Uh, so he should have had multiple world title rates by now. Yeah. Even but before Rusev day. They've stuck him down at fucking mid-card. And they've turned him heel again. Because... because he got like over him. without yeah. them letting him. Yeah. And... They don't like it. Hmm. But all those fucking wrestlers, all those guys that we've mentioned should all be doing so much better than they are. And it's through no fault of their own because of the way they're booked. And so Vince, looking at his roster and seeing no stars, that's on him. That is completely on him and WWE creative. Because he's spent so much time, and I'm not hating on the guy here by any stretch of the imagination. I'm glad he's back, but Vince has spent so much time pushing Roman Reigns that he's neglected pretty much everybody else. Now, like I said, I've got no issue with Roman Reigns at all. I'm glad he's recovering from his leukemia, that it's in remission, and I'm excited to see him at WrestleMania against McIntyre, it looks like. Yeah. That should be a good Hoss fight. Mm. Um, I've got no beef with Roman Reigns whatsoever other than the fact that and again this isn't his fault but he's been pushed at the expense of everybody else oh yeah and I mean if fucking someone says to you oh we're going to give you a massive pay rise and a massive promotion if you don't feel you deserve it are you going to take it anyway if you've got family to feed of course and all that shit yeah so you know, I'm not going to go into the ethics of that, and you know, especially considering Roman isn't a veteran that has probably doesn't have m- that much of a say. He can't say no, don't push me, do it in a few years no. when I'm ready, because then they'll just take that as a big fuck you and never push him again. Yeah. So, but yeah, so um, to close off my portion of this, yeah, it's if you see no stars and you fucking roster Vince, that's on you, no one else. That's your fucking fault. Because you do have a roster of stars, you just haven't made them. Anyway, well, yours kind of ties in, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's how Vince don't listen to anyone but himself. It's like, you want to see certain matches. Obviously, at the minute, it's Kofi Kingston. Yeah. You want to see him, main event, 
fucking Daniel Bryan's title. But no, it's big fat fuck you. How many times do you want to screw him over? He's been there 11 years. He's not had one major title. No. He's had numerous Intercontinental. Numerous United States. Yeah. Tag. tag team. But never a world title. Which is absolute bollocks. Someone has put that much time in and stayed there when he could have fucked off somewhere else. Mm. <clears throat> and it's like... No, I mean, and it all fucking stems from, with Kofi, just touching on that briefly, and it all fucking stems from that time when he was supposed to stay down for a punt but got up. He he got his cue wrong, and there was a whole lot, an RKO, stupid, 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 and that killed his push right there. And it just shows how short-sighted creative can be sometimes. Well, yeah, it's case of, well, you do something wrong, Vince said so, so, no, your push has been took away. The problem is now, though, I feel like Kofi needs to win at Mania. Yeah. He deserves to win, don't get me wrong. I feel like he (coughs) needs to win, though. But the problem is, are they going to let all three major titles change hands? None. So, who's going to be the sacrificial lamb? Yes. (laughs) It's going to be Kofi. We can't not. We'll, we'll do predictions for WrestleMania next week. Yeah. But um, they can't not have Lynch win. Rollins no. needs to take that Universal title so, we, so Raw has a fucking championship. I've got a feeling Kofi's going to be the one that loses. So that would be a big mistake. Mm. Big mistake. <clears throat> anyway, you were saying? Yeah. Um, it's The same goes with fucking Dolph Ziggler. Hmm. You know, he had the World Heavyweight Championship push for a couple of months. And then after that, it was like, no. Yet one of the hardest working wrestlers in that business would take a bump, no qualms, and it's like, no, we're not going to. I don't get it. They did the same with Daniel Bryan at start. Yeah. Until he started making his own fucking waves. And it's like, oh, we're going to have to push him now. Yeah. But because they don't fit the I'm fucking built like John Cena and Triple H, Vince don't like it. The thing is though, <clears throat> look at Cesaro. He should have been world champion by now. Yeah. He had all the tools, especially when he came back and he was fucking he had the Cesaro section in that. Mm-hmm. And Vince said on the Stone Cold podcast that he doesn't have it. If you've got your own section of the fucking crowd People taking signs and all sitting together and being your section, you've got it. Yeah. And especially when he was one of the world, one like one of the most fucking renowned and decorated tag team wrestlers with Chris Hero. Yeah. So. Shout out to Noble Nick Ruin, but that's in NXT. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, he's, it seems to be. Don't matter how much. The fans make noise-wise of we want to see this, we want to see that. It's a case of fuck you, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. And Vince is that, his head's that far up his own arse he can smell what he had for breakfast. Yeah. And it's like, no, not listening, fuck the fans. Yeah, you pay my fucking wages but we're not going to give you what you want. Kiss my arse. 
Vince has fucking hurt it so far up his own ass. He could take anal and give a blowjob at the same time. Oh yeah. <clears throat> but no, it's when he retires, it'll probably be the greatest day in wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so then, old trips will take over. That's it. Shane don't want to take over. I don't think Shane will. Yeah. Shane broke away from it for a while, didn't they? Well, yeah, he didn't like the way it was going. So that's why he fucked up over Japan and started his own company. And I think it was China. Japan, China. Asia. Yeah. Somewhere over there. Yeah. And it's like, if his own son's not happy with the product, who's prepared to fuck it off? What do you think your fans got to do? Mm. You know, they're the ones that sit there, pay the TV subscription to watch your show, pay the pay-per-view, pay the fucking prices for your tickets to your shows and if you're not going to listen to them and they all decide to fuck off you ain't got a product no more fuck no. you simple as that it was um, for the last 15 years it's been I'm not going to say it's been okay to not listen to your fans for the last 15 years you've had no competition mm. you had to fucking change when Nitro took over Raw in the Monday Night Ratings 83 straight weeks. Yep. AEW is coming along. Mm-hmm. And even though they're making waves. Even though at the minute everyone's referring to them as a t shirt company. Because they've not put on any shows. Yeah, they need to fucking organise that shit. Well, apparently they've only got like 30 odd wrestlers signed so far. That's enough for a show. Yeah. But apparently that, that's not enough for a TV series. If they want a regular TV deal, they might need a bigger roster. Not that much bigger, maybe five, ten more. Yeah. But it's, um, you know, when they get off the ground, when they put on their first show, then that's when WWE have to take note. They should really be preemptively taking notice. They should be looking at who fucking AEW have signed. They should be looking at the potential there, not dismissing them, not writing them off as a threat. Because they did that with WCW. They even did that with TNA. And there were times when TNA was better than WWE. At first. I'm thinking like when Angle first debuted and you had Christian Cage and Kurt Angle. Um, A good mix of old and new. Mm. Um, Yeah, believe it or not, there was a time when TNA was good. And I used to enjoy watching it. But then it got to a point where it was on challenge. It was free wrestling, and I couldn't watch it. That was during the Immortal fucking yeah. run. Aces and eights. Yeah. No thanks. <clears throat> but yeah, um, well, with the AEW, Cody's turned around and said, we're not competition. We don't want to be competition. We want to be an alternative. Hmm. And he's like, fair enough. He doesn't want to go up against Vince McMahon and the mighty WWE. But the way people are talking about it, it's going to be like another WCW. It might not get as big as what WCW was. It might be another indie promotion, but with a TV deal. So basically another Ring of Honor. Yeah, but more international. Yeah. Because they're bringing in 
Japanese wrestlers, Chinese wrestlers, the Mexican, Mark, Red Luchadors, Triple A. Yeah, they're going to deal with Triple A. Yeah, I think they got a deal with Triple A. Um, they were looking at doing a deal with New Japan, but yeah. New Japan was like, nah, you're alright. Um, which ain't a bad thing if you did, but story wise, it'd be. Well, we've seen him this one week, so now we've got to wait another three, four weeks for this storyline to continue. Because you've gone back over to AAA or gone back over to New Japan. It's not just that, but um, from New Japan's perspective as well, a lot of the AEW wrestlers have left New Japan to go to <laughs> AEW. You know, Cody, the books, fucking Jericho was over there, Omega. Devil. So it's a case of if AEW worked with New Japan right off the get go, a lot of the AEW guys are just going to be new ex New Japan guys. And well, so that already is. It, yeah, but it's it's not anything new for the fans, is it? Well, the New no. Japan fans, at least mm-hmm. now with New Japan, they've got a chance to grow, build, and mold the new stars. Well, you've got Jay White as the main champion. IWGP. Yeah. And it's like, I'd never heard of him before. I didn't until I was watching those Bullet Club. Till about two weeks ago, I never knew who he was. I knew who he was for a, at least three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> a week longer. Uh, even though we're getting a little bit off topic of what we're supposed to talk about, but AO, it's wrestling, so who cares? Um, well, <coughs> it's kind of like still on topic because, you know, AEW are kind of like they're paying attention. Oh yeah, they're listening. Definitely, they're you know trying to figure out what people want. New Japan, they're still doing that. Um, you, you've got fucking Tama Tonga on this mission to fucking retake the Bullet Club and shit like that. Mm. And <clears throat> there's a lot. It, it's it's an interesting. Um, it's interesting to see where. AEW is going to go and what New Japan's going to do next when it comes to bringing up the next crop of talent um, which to go and to co- keep it within the parameters of what we were talking about it's a lot more interesting than what's going to happen on Raw or Smackdown yes definitely and I, I've been watching the New Japan Cup and it's been the tits can't understand a word they're saying because it's in Japanese even though I found English commentary but it's like when they're in the ring and you've got all Japanese wrestlers you can't understand a word they're saying because you can actually hear them talking unlike if you go to WWE and it's like what? Mm. they were <clears throat> it's like you've got over there Dave Boy Smith Jr yeah you know he's doing pretty well over there Zack Sabre Jr. He's always done fucking well anyway, no matter where he went. Even at the um, Cruiserweight Classic. Apparently, and this is still going to tie into the whole Vince not listening to fans, Gallows and Anderson have requested their release. Yeah. Where do you think they'll go? Because they were stars in Japan. Yeah, they were massive in Japan. But I've heard that they kind of settled in the US now so I could probably see them go back to our age 
Not AEW? Probably not. I don't think so. Unless Cody come up with a nice little contract for them. Maybe. I don't know. What about Japan? <coughs> I don't think we'll go back to Japan. Because if they go back, are they going to go back into the Bullet Club? Do they really need to go back into the Bullet Club? Can they do the other own offshoot of the Bullet Club? Like the Gorillas of Destiny did. They could do that in one of them, though. Well, yeah. Imagine it. <coughs> well, the Bullet Club runs between two anyway. Yeah, so they could still do the Bullet Club thing. Or, or they could decide to do their own thing. That, that was another one when they come in to WWE. And it was Bala and AJ. Like, oh, we're going to get the club. Going to get the club. And it never happened. No. Yet they're still selling Bala Club t-shirts. Fucking BCOG. And it's like... We want the club. You're not giving us the club. No. Nope. You know, you stick them pair plus Finn and AJ, you've got the club. Or AJ took over from Barlow. Yeah. You know, <coughs> back in Japan. And it's like, just give us what we want. What we want to see. Everyone wants club now. And do you know what people want to see? One of the highest things on the list that people will probably want to see. A championship on Raw. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It'd be nice if they had a belt. Yeah, belt. Yeah. Yeah, belt. A championship belt. Yeah. A strap. Yeah. Not a title. No. A belt. A because belt. it goes round your fucking waist. Yes. Sorry. <coughs> I completely understand and agree with you. Yeah, anyway, I think we'll move on from that now. Yeah, bring back the title. Listen to the fans, WWE, don't fuck up the NXT callback, call-ups. Yeah, bitches. Yeah. Anyway, got a quiz for me? Yeah. How many questions? Um, We'll do... Because we've been running for just over an hour. Ah, be right. Okay. Where are we? Where are we? Uh... That one. Shall I do? Or you want five? Six questions? We're not round it to ten. Can do ten. We'll do ten. <clears throat> uh, let's see. You're going to go home and advise so hard for next week, aren't you? Probably. Either <laughs> <coughs> that or play World of Trucks or whatever it is you play. I don't fucking know. I'm getting confused between Truck Simulator and World of Tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Euro Truck Simulator. Mm. I've played that in ages. <clears throat> Euro is um, part of the world of trucks. Fair enough. There is, yeah. Because <laughs> that's not about wrestling. That's no. about fucking driving trucks around Europe. Um, right. So these might be a bit of a mess. I've got a get the era that I think you'd know about because okay. some of them are a bit older anyway question one hit me <laughs> who's Bill Goldberg's first opponent on WCW pay-per-view in 97 
That's thinking music. Was <laughs> <coughs> oh, it Disco Inferno? No. No. It? Steve Mongo McMichael. I want to got that. My next thought was Regal. So, no. Well, yeah. Wrong on that one. Yeah. <coughs> no shirt. Uh, question two. Okay. What two wrestlers did Eddie Guerrero defeat in a three-way to capture IWA Mid-South title in 2002? I don't fucking know. It's alright, because I didn't actually read the whole question before I asked it. So Okay. We'll, we'll go on to something else. Uh, who won the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 22, which was taken exclusively for the DVD home release? Mania 22. Mm-hmm. The Battle Royale. I've got the fucking DVD as well. <laughs> Shut up. And no, it's not him. Me. <laughs> He's thinking. It wasn't Animal, was it? No. 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 Do you want to know? Go on. Do you want to know that answer? I'm trying to think who was around at that point that wasn't on the card. Let's <clears throat> just say he was a big fella. A big fella. Yeah. Part of the ministry at one point. Oh, Viscera. Yeah. Big Daddy V. Yeah. Oh, Viscera. Uh, <coughs> uh, 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 you watch much of TNN? No. You can try, mate. Who was Kurt Angle's opponent in his final WWE TV match before he jumped ship to TNA? He was on ECW when he left. No, Walton was his last pay per view one. So I've probably seen more impact than I've seen more on SmackDown from that era. Yeah, what was his final TV match before he went to the. He's a major legend. What, his opponent? Pass Sabu Fuck's sake Yes Legend uh, so on what one and two, one out of three. Yeah, you scrap the only one. Yeah. Uh, who did Randy Savage choose as his partner at Survivor Series '92 to go against Ric Flair and Razor Ramon? That was Mister Perfect. Yay! Ooh, ooh. Two and two. <clears throat> I read the magazine article. Do you remember that? 
remember shit from fucking 20 years before Kurt Angle left fucking, or 10 years before Angle left WWE. So it's like two and two. Yeah. Who did Booker T defeat in the finals of the 2006 King of the Ring to become King Booker? It's stopping me thinking, sorry. Um, you think we're allowed to silence? I'm trying to. Oh, I was drawing a blank. He's currently wrestling, Steve. Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. <laughs> Which is the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, no. Um, still wrestling. Yep. <clears throat> oh, it's there. I just can't fucking picture him. Uh, what brand's he on? Raw. Raw. People on Raw 13 years ago. You won't think there'll be that many. No. Two thousand six, you say? Mm-hmm. Dead silence. Oh no. Um. Yeah, pass. Bobby Lashley. Fucking hell, it was. <laughs> <coughs> oh, the minute you said the boh, I knew you meant boh. Because they were feuding. Plus, was it two out of five? Yeah. 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 Two out of five. I've got to pick up the fucking pace. Uh, right. Uh, no, not that one. Not that one, because you ain't going to remember 1976. <clears throat> oh, come on. What event did Vader debut the World Wrestling Federation in 1996? <clears throat> I don't mean Darth Vader. I know. This is not the wrestling ring you're looking for. That's more like Bane. Mm. No. This is not the wrestling ring you're not, looking for. Not retarded Bane. That's Which, the worst Bane ever, that is. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, that Bane or fucking Jared Leto's Joker. Oh, Leto's Joker. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I asked that question. <clears throat> it wasn't WrestleMania, was no. it? No. It's one of the big four. Royal Rumble. Yeah. No, I should not get it that fucking one. I know it was at WrestleMania. 
Uh, uh, um. So what's that? Three out of six? Yeah, three and three. Yep, 50%. William Stephen Regal was fired from WCW in 1998 for refusing to sell for what wrestler? That wouldn't be Goldberg, would it? Yep. No. And so I remember the Goldberg-Regal match. Um, it was like the first match that really exposed Goldberg's weaknesses because they made him go for longer than 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah. 4-3. Uh, yeah. Who did Eddie Guerrero defeat to capture his first ECW television title? Oh, God. I definitely would never have guessed that one. Super crazy? Nope. Taz? Nope. Tommy Dreamer? No. Right, I've had three guesses. Two Cold Scorpio? No, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Four. Four. Four and four. Two more. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. There's a lot of questions here. Uh, who of the following have never held a tag team title with Sean Waltman? Jerry Lynn, Razor Ramon, Martin Gennetti, Bob Holly. Jerry Lynn. Really? Bob Holly. Nope. But it's Razor Ramon, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four or five. Mm-hmm. Can you make it a tie? Make it a tie? No, because I've got um, five right. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, so if I get it wrong, I make it a tie. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh. Which one was it going to go for? Oh. 94 Raw Rumble. Which wrestler had the most eliminations before getting eliminated himself? 94 Rumble. It wasn't Undertaker because he died earlier in the night. And Marty Jannetty dressed up as him to hang him off the screen. That was Marty Jannetty, by the way. Um, That's that. <clears throat> Diesel? Yes. There you go. 6-4. Six, 6-4. Four. Six, four. That was tight. Ding dong. Like your mum. Yeah. Well tight. <laughs> Mucky bitch. And that has been a nearly 75 minute recording. Yeah. So it's been fun. And I think it's been a decent first episode for the wrestling section. Still needs a little bit of refinement, but what do you expect for a premiere episode? Yep. We're getting there. Um, I'll be back at some point with some non-wrestling related content I'll probably be on my own for that um, Wilf will be joining me again next Tuesday and we will do our Wrestlemania predictions and we will debate a couple of topics maybe yeah. Natalia, yeah. The Ascension Yeah. I mean I'll probably agree with you on The Ascension on the main roster but going back before then to NXT still shit hmm. well 
will agree to disagree, and we'll discuss it next week. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, I have been Desiris Prime. This has been Scorn. Thank you for listening. We shall speak to you again soon. Adios. In a bitch. <laughs>